broken into her warehouse because she had laughed to scorn his attempt at reformation. He had tried to go straight, and she had made him go crooked. And then, when the job was done, with all the old cleverness, so that he left no trace of his identity, she had gone straight away to the police and put him away. But that was nothing. Women had done such things before, out of jealousy in a fit of insane anger at some slight, real or fancied. But she had done it deliberately, wickedly, because she loved some man better than she loved him. He was cool now and seeing things very clearly, and quickened his walk until he was stepping out briskly and lightly, holding his head erect as he had in the days when he was a junior in a broker's office, and she had been a novel-reading miss of Balaam. The rain streamed down his face. The cuffs of his thin jacket clung to his wrists. His trousers were soaked from thigh to ankle. He knew a little shop off the commercial road where they sold cheese and butter and wood. He had purchased for a penny a morsel of bread and cheese. He remembered that the woman behind the counter had cut the cheese with a heavy knife, newly wetted and pointed. He thought the matter out as he turned in the direction of the shop. Such knives are usually kept in a drawer next to the till, with the bacon saw and the milk tester, and the little rubber stamp which is used for branding margarine in accordance with the law. He knew the shop would be shuttered, the door locked, and he had no instrument to force an entrance. The kit was in the hands of the police. He had wondered how the splits had found them. Now he knew. He gulped down a sob. Still, there must be a way. The knife was necessary. He was still weak from his last term of penal servitude. He could not kill her with his hands. She was so strong and beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. Thinking disconnectedly, he came to the shop. It stood in a little side street. There was one street lamp giving light to the thoroughfare. There was no sound but the dismal drip of rain. Nobody in sight. There was a skylight above the shuttered door. It was the only way. He saw that at once. Sometimes these are left unfastened. He stood on tiptoe and felt gingerly along the lower part of the sash. His fingers encountered something that lay on the ledge, and his heart leapt. It was the key. He had guessed this to be a lock-up shop. He knew enough of the casual character of these little shopkeepers not to be surprised at the ease with which an entry might be effected. He slipped the key into the lock, turned it and stepped in, closing the door behind him softly. The air of the shop was hot and stuffy, full of the pungent scent of foodstuffs, cheese and ham, and the resinous odour of firewood. He had matches in his pocket, but they were sodden and would not strike. He fumbled round the shelves and came upon a packet. He struck a light, guarding the flame with his hand. The shop had been swept and made tidy for the night. The weights were neatly arranged on either side of the scales. There was a piece of muslin laid over the butter on the slate slab. On the counter, conspicuously displayed, was a note. It contained instructions written in pencil, in a large uneducated hand, to Fred. He was to light the fire, put the kettle on, take in the milk and serve Mrs. Smith. Fred was the boy the early-comer in the morning, for whom the key had been placed. 
It was remarkable that he settled all these particulars to his own satisfaction, as, lighting match after match, he sought the heavy knife with the sharp point and the newly wetted edge. He even felt a certain exultation in the ease with which he had gained admission to the shop, and had an insane desire to whistle and talk. He found the knife. It was under the counter with a greatly scarred cutting board and a steel. He wrapped it up carefully in a sheet of newspaper, then remembered he was hungry. He broke off a wedge of cheese. There was no bread, but an open tin of children's biscuits was handy. With the food in his hand, with the knife in his pocket, he continued his exploration. Behind the shop was a little parlour. The door was unlocked, and he entered. He struck match after match, hesitated a moment, then lit the gas. It was a tiny room, cheaply but neatly furnished.